What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And that's all you kept hearing, Trent, 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 Tech Valley Shuttle, and just a blessing, man. Who's to say, like, a service that we do today won't change a kid's life. Like if, if we could skip a kid by our transportation, if we could get a kid to a charter school or a private school and that kid doesn't have to go through the prison and experiences I did, that's more impactful. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, let's get it, y'all. Let's get it. Hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode, and we are here live on location at Tech Valley Shuttle with the CEO, my brother Trent Griffin Broff. What's up, my brother? How you doing, bro? Man, good to see you again. You (laughs) know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, listen, man, uh, this is my brother right here. He's doing some amazing things up here in the upstate Albany area. He has uh, Tech Valley Shuttle, which is a shuttle company. We're going to get into all the specifics of that. And he also has GB Logistics. So, man, um, first of all, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Nice to be here. Appreciate man, it. Nice to be here, man. Thank you for inv- uh, <laughs> well, inviting me. That's a fact. Thanks for taking the trip upstate. You no know, doubt. Especially this uh, frigid uh, <laughs> January day. So, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. appreciate it's it. It's a little cold, but it's all good. <laughs> so, so, listen, man, um, you know, let's get into the story of what we have going on here uh, to kind of start off. Let's, let's talk about it, man. Where are you from? Let's kind of get into the be- into the beginning and everything. Let's do it. So I'm originally from the Bronx. Um, I, I was uh, in between the Bronx and Manhattan. Um, my father's Manhattan. My mom was in the Bronx. Um, lived down there for about nine years. Lived in Tracy Towers. Um, ended up, after that, my father passed away when I was around nine. And then that's when we moved upstate New York because that's where uh, my mother was originally from. That's where all her family is. So uh, came from upstate and... Um, at that time, you know, it was definitely a culture shock coming up here um, from New York. I was used to kind of, I was a bad kid. So I was like running the streets at a young age between Brooklyn and uh, with my godbrother Sean and, and hanging out out there. And um, then I came up here and it was just like <laughs> grandma wasn't having it. You know, I'm around my aunties and, um, you know, it, it was definitely a culture shock. Slowed, slowed everything down for me. Right, right. So this is nine years old, right? Nine years old, yeah. You, you, you come to Albany, New York. Yep. So, so tell me about the culture. What's 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 the difference? I mean, obviously, I, I know mm. what it's like in the Bronx, mm. but what's it like out here in, in Albany? At that time, it was definitely. It felt a little. Uh, it felt. It felt like everything was slower than New York, like a little bit behind. But now that I really sit back and I think about it. It was kind of the reverse of that, though. Like up here, you've seen a lot more interracial dating. Um, I think up here was the first time I, I see like seen mulatto kids. Like so, mm. when, so you're saying it was more like progressive up here. In a lot of ways, it was. Uh, 
economy wise it was definitely slower um in terms of you know just what was going on in the area is a lot slower um but it was a little bit more progressive in those regards okay got you so so you're young what what what, what do you do man what are you doing as a kid what's what's, what's your lifestyle Balling. like Balling. Balling? all i do is play basketball like <laughs> i'm in grandma's backyard every single day playing basketball um at the parks you know my life consists of basketball that was my escape i think um, dealing with the trauma of losing my father, basketball always was a space where when I'm doing that, I'm not thinking about anything other than basketball. Right. And so that was like my safe space. I would dedicate school and basketball. That was it. And any brothers, sisters? My little brother, half brother, but you know, that's my brother, brother. Um, but unfortunately, he was still in the city and then he eventually moved to North Carolina. So, okay. you know, we would still see each other talk, every see each other once in a while, whenever we could, but we were still talking. Um, but to this day, we're you know we're close as nail, you know. Got you. So you played ball in high school. Played ball in high school. Played high ball school? in middle what, school. What high school you go to? Um, Schenectady High, um, okay. which is Schenectady, New York, um, a little town. But the basketball during that time in Schenectady was was very competitive. Um, everyone could ball. Um, a lot of D1, you know, a lot of people ended up playing professional ball. Um, I'm only 5'8", so, um, you know, back then you had to be big. Right. Um, I could shoot. So I, I realized quickly after high school, the NBA was not going to be my destiny. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but I, that's that's that was probably the first skill set that I really worked very hard at. And to be able to play on state championship teams, you know, var- all right, guys, if you missed out on Freight Fest 2023, I feel for you. I know you're punching air. However, Freight Fest 2024 is going to come sooner than you think. Right now, go to www.freightfest.com. Early bird tickets are available. Listen, we're already planning for next year. It's going to be crazy. We are already lining up the speakers. Uh, make sure you stay tapped in with us for all the updates, but get your early bird tickets right now for Freight Fest 2024, happening on September 26th through the 29th at the Royal Sinesta Galleria Hotel in Houston, Texas. All right? Go to www.freightfest.com for more updates. I can't wait to see y'all there. Let's go. University basketball, all of those things with that much competition, that was almost like the first seed of me seeing what hard work really looks like and then also the benefits of hard work. Mm, mm, got you. All right. So, so you played ball in high school. What, what happens next? Tell me. So after high school, you know, I start, uh, I go to college for a semester. Um, and honestly, high school, I, I kind of got pushed through because I was playing ball. I didn't take it as serious as I, as I really should have. Um, I actually thought it was cool because I played ball that they would push me through that I could kind of joke around and be a jokester and, that's when I was really focused on girls too at that point. So, <laughs> right. you know, I'm doing that. And, um, and they kind of pushed me through, man. And so when I graduate, I graduate from summer school, you know, barely passing. And, um, I go to a, a Juco in Morrisville, which is, an, if I thought this was nowhere, that was in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. Gotcha. And, um, I go there, I, I fill out my first semester, come back home. And, you know, at that point, I need to get money. And so I start running the streets, um, you know, hanging around some of the wrong crowds. 
doing the wrong things. I end up uh, catching a four to 12 year prison sentence, uh, drug drug related, um, first time offense. And um, so I go up north. Um, I end up doing three years, three and a half years out of the four to 12. Um, but during my three years, I, I ended up taking college courses through Marist College. Um, once again, while I was incarcerated, basketball was again my my saving grace. Um, played a lot of ball, working out um, in college. But that was the first time in my adult life now that I actually really took school seriously in education. And um, I ended up being the top of the class. That was for those incarcerated as well as those who were actually on the campus. Right. Um, and that was like my first time saying, you know what, maybe I, I am a little smart. Like, and if I, and if I do apply myself, you know, looking at what I've done in basketball, now what I'm doing with school, if I apply myself, you know, whatever I seem to touch, I, I, I turn it into gold. So maybe I need to start to identify what I can do outside that is productive but also legal yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. I feel so 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 what age were you when you when you first so uh I, I go in at 19 I come home at 23 going at 19 come home at 23 mm -hmm. and you said um you went to school at went to school during that time yep. and you said that was your first time you really got to see that you you had um, you, you were smart, you know what I'm saying? You, yep. you had some other skills or whatever the case may be. All right. So, so when you come home, talk to me about that, that journey. So coming home, um, like most people, I, I get my wife pregnant right away. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that too loud? That, 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 uh. It's good? good. Okay. Yeah, Just right. making sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's like, coming on, get my wife. Got her pregnant, pregnant right away. Right away. Right. So that, that was one barrier. Um, the other barrier I'm facing now is my parole officer won't let me drive. Um, so I'm taking a bus or I'm relying on family to get to a temp agency because I can't get a job. Um, and so those were like some no no employment, no vehicle. Well, I did have employment, but it's a temp agency. Um, you're not taking too seriously. You're not making too much money. I really had to humble myself and really just, you know, say, you know, you got to stick with it. And right. so I, I do that for a while. Um, but if I'm going to be in full transparency, I, I got off my dean. And so I started to run around with some of the same people I was previously. Um, and I, I get right back in the game a little bit. Um, and that leads to me almost being reincarcerated. So uh, coming home from the city, we got a brick in the car, me and my Cody at the time. And um, we get pulled over, state trooper, search the car, find it, whatever. They're trying to give me like 12, 13 years. Long story short, we beat it at the Wade here and they suppress the evidence um, so they can't hold it against us. After that, I, I stayed in there for six months. I missed the birth of my first daughter, uh, Tati. And then, um, and I, that was the, those six months were harder than the years I did in pre, pre, prison previous to that. That was when I said, nah, I could not do this again. There's no way I'm gonna miss another moment of my daughter's life if I get an opportunity. And when they suppressed it, that's when I said, I'm never looking back. And so um, I had a total shift. I said, I know there's money out here, but, more important than the money. Now I need to be here for my family. And so um, that's when I completely humbled myself. I removed myself from everybody outside of my my girlfriend, who's my wife now, my mother and, and my daughter. Like and I, I put myself in a bubble. Um, I ended up going from a temp agency job to getting a job at a hotel at the Marriott. 
an entry level, um, driving their, 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 driving their shuttle, um, cleaning their toilets. And, um, and I took that small opportunity and I worked my tail off. I I started to educate myself on the hotel industry. And I, within a four year period, I went from entry level to general manager running the show. Okay. Okay. Dope. So you said you started off with a temp agency job. What were you doing at the temp agency? It was like a warehouse, um, doing warehouse, like, boxing stuff and packaging stuff you okay. know um you know it it was it was it served its purpose in the moment but I knew for me um I had bigger dreams and and I wanted more and I knew I knew going back to humbling myself I knew that sometimes you got to take a step back to take two steps forward and okay. so I was willing to say I don't care how it looks from from other people's perspective I don't care about none of that I'm focused on my family and what I need to do so I would go in there and bust my chops and you know I worked hard and that's when I started to really understand <laughs> always put your best foot forward it doesn't matter if you don't enjoy what you're doing you don't think this is for you in every room you step in you should be the best version of yourself and gotcha. that really gave me that kind of grounding yeah, and you and you were there for about how how long at the temp agency? I did the temp agency? I would say probably a good a year, close to a good year. Yeah. Okay, for a year, and then you get a shot at the hotel. Mm-hmm. So how does that opportunity present itself? Um, as a part time job at first. Okay, you know, uh, it was a part time opportunity. Um, now I've been home for about a year. My PO he's seeing me coming with the checks every time. Um, he allows me to get my license, and um, that opened up the opportunity for me to get to and from the the the. That job um, and started at as a part time gig for a hotel in East Greenbush, which isn't too far from here. Okay, did that for about six months. And then they told me about a full time opportunity doing the exact same thing for uh, another Marriott in Albany. So I took that and then um, I ran with it and I was in there. I was killing it. You know, I was the best toilet washer. (laughs) You know, I got along really good with the customers. And there was a young lady there named Rebecca. Um, she worked the front desk and she she seen something in me before, you know, more so than than even I did in that space. And she was just like, Trent, you're really good with the customers. Like, I mean, houseman is cool, but are you interested in ever learning the front desk? And so I was like, yeah. And so she was she told me she gave me the drop like, yo, I'm quitting. I'm moving down to Florida, um, but I want to teach you this. So then when I put my notice in, I could tell him, hey, I've been working with you and kind of plug you right in. And so that's exactly what we did. I would go there, work with her. She would show me how to answer the phones, how to put the reservations and all of that jazz. She put her notice in. She told him she had been working with me. They said they would give me a shot. Um, I went on to then be front desk. <clears throat> Started to, at that point, set my intentions on wanting to be a manager for the front desk because we had no front desk manager. So I said, I'm going to come in here and be the best front desk person I can. I'm going to say yes to everything. I'm going (laughs) to learn everything for that opportunity. And that's what I did. And within less than 10 months, I was the front desk manager. Then I became operations manager, like just kept stepping up. Um, But in that process, the most important thing was I never lost touch of educating myself. I knew education was going to be what got me to where I wanted to go. I knew formal education wasn't necessarily the thing for me. So I would go home and like I tell everyone, Google could be your best friend. Like you can learn whatever you want between YouTube, Google, and just searching out and looking for what you want, reading books. And so I would, those were the things I would do. I would learn what hotel lingo was i would learn you know what a, a pnl report looks like um this is when i was really just starting to educate myself on business as a whole and um and so you know i i, I once once given the opportunity to be a manager I, I i revved it up i got the team behind me and we we were in our stride like we was killing it how was it making that transition from street life to corporate and 
what did you have to do in terms of like your peer group and the people around you to kind of like, like, like switch gears and, 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 and shift? I think the big thing was I had to separate myself first. Um, and like some of the same, like, a, honestly, I'm, I'm like one of the, from the mud people. So a lot of those same people, I'm still, those are still my people to this day. But in that time frame, I had to remove myself because I didn't want to get pulled into whatever they were doing. Um, and, but in, in doing so, I was able to now allow them back into my life, but with certain standards and rules that regulate that they just knew, you know, can't put me in certain situations that I would have been okay with before. And, you know, this is what I'm doing. I, I got to be home at, at, at a decent hour so I could get up, get in, the up morning, in the morning, in the morning, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I just came with different rules and regulations and I stopped really caring about the views and opinions of others. Mm. I knew I had goals. I knew there was things that I was focused on. So I didn't allow anything from the outside to really deflect that or interfere with what we had going on. And so I think it, it definitely came down to humbling myself, though, and also just having a, a bigger vision. Got you. Got you. So you're able to work yourself up from actually cleaning toilets to where you're actually like managing the operation. That's right. Right. Okay. So what happens next? So after that, I'm the general manager now of Hotel in Schenectady. Um, there's a casino coming, Rivers Casino, which is the biggest casino in our area. Um, and uh, we're all talking about I'm sitting on hospitality boards now. I'm starting to really network a little bit, unbeknownst to me. Um, but I'm sitting on the hospitality boards. They're telling us how bad the transportation. We're all in the grants. So that gave birth to Tech Valley Hospitality Shuttle. Um, okay. My whole thought and premise was I wanted to create a shuttle service that would support the hotel world because that's the world that I knew from a corporate standpoint. Okay. And so um, I started Tech Valley Shuttle with, with six hotels that said they would use our services. Um, I, 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 I came up with the blueprint, did the business plan, all of that um, for the very first time in business. And in 2016, December 15th, um, I created the LLC for Tech Valley Shuttle and, um, that, and then we started that. OK, so at, at this time, you know, they, they said the transportation was terrible. How, how were people getting transported at the time? Was there gotcha. transportation or what was going on? So there was transportation, but up here, there wasn't any ride share yet. Ride share didn't come here until uh, June or July of 2017. OK, so um, it was regular taxis, yellow taxis. Um, and we know historically the, the stories around that, you know. And so, uh, you know, they're never on time, smoking cigarettes inside the vehicle, <laughs> like, you know, just all the wild stuff. And so, um, and so that was the opening. I seen a I seen a need in the industry. Um, and I figured I could be that fix. And I knew if I just created something that was reliable, timely, um, and you know, a, a good price point that we had something that we could really circulate with more hotels. So in 2017, we we started, we went live February, the same day the casino opened. The phone is ringing crazy. Like we can't even keep up with the demand. I only have one vehicle at the time. Um, one vehicle and me and three other people on the team at the time, one who's still with us to this day. Um, and we uh, we were just out there hustling, man, and, and running that, that one vehicle nonstop. Um, and then come June or July of 2017, when Rideshare hit, the phone stopped. Mm. Like, stop, stopped. Gotcha. <laughs> right? gotcha. And, and so that was the time where I'm still actually in the hotel, though, right? And um, I'm transitioning now. I'm, tr I'm telling them I'm trying to help you guys find my replacement. Um, but I had to take a, a quick, a quick moment and, and decide like, Hey Trent, the phone stopped. Like you got one vehicle. You could, you know, 
keep the vehicle. You could do whatever. Um, but maybe this is a good time to get out of here because with rideshare here, this could eliminate all transportation as a whole from from the outside looking in. What do I know what the future holds? Right. Um, and so I started to then educate myself on rideshare, realizing that they they don't focus on groups. And so I said, well, let's transition ourselves to be a transportation company that focuses on groups. So for a while there, we were just like most you know, private transportation companies doing airport stuff, wedding stuff, um, you know, for groups, corporate outings, things of that nature. We started to kind of put ourselves in that arena, um, which was a great arena. And it also allowed us to partner with more hotels. We got up to working with over 50 hotels throughout the capital region. And um, but I also started to really sit on transportation committees. And I started to really see what poverty and transportation, how they go hand in hand. I started to look at the layout of the land and realizing we got food deserts right in our backyard, food desert being areas which are a mile away from healthy food options, affordable and healthy food options. So I'm like, we have all of this right in our backyards. Historically, transportation is hasn't been used to help us get out of poverty, but rather to keep us in poverty. And so I said, I think we have an opportunity here where we can utilize our transportation for the good of the community and be more of a community-based transportation supplier. Mm. And so that's when we really pivoted into that space. Um, one of the first services we we did was uh, Code Blue Albany. We partnered with the city, um, Haddis, and they, they actually uh, transport homeless individuals. It's called Code Blue. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. Days just like this when it's below freezing, um, where we go out and we help homeless people get off the streets and get them in the shelters, um, which then pivoted and we started, you know, prison was something big on me. I'm starting to look at how the prison transportation layout is and there is none. And so, you know, I start to dive into that and, and find out that, you know, recidivism rates reduce, the, the rate of return to prison reduces with every prison visit someone gets. So if someone gets a visit, the odds of them return reduces by 13%. So if you could get someone, you know, four or five visits, Within a year of them coming home, the likelihood of them returning to jail is just cut in half just by that. So I'm like, man. And then you find out that, you know, people are shipped over 100 miles away on average from where they were actually the scene of the crime. So now you have people in New York City where you don't really need a car. You could rely on public transportation to get around. And now you send this individual all the way up here. How do they get here? Like how? And then you send individuals from here to Rochester. How are we getting there? Right. So. Uh, I started to really set my tensions on doing something to support that. Um, and since nobody was, I came up with a free community prison shuttle where once a month we identify different prison hubs and we bring people to those prisons within our community for absolutely free and um, get them to and from. And uh, that was a big hit. And then, you know, we started to now I'm looking at that. Now I'm starting to help individuals in that space. So then I'm starting to realize from my story as well. You know what, Trent, when you came home, you couldn't get a job. They had you work in temp agencies. How can I help individuals in that space? So we came up with a driven to work program in which we help formerly incarcerated people, individuals or special populations, veterans or just special populations that get looked over. And we actually helped connect them to higher employment opportunities, 
transportation is usually one of the biggest barriers. So we eliminate that barrier by partnering with these uh, bigger corporations who can sponsor these shuttles for their employment, for their for their employers, Mm -hmm. employees. And so then we do the transportation. So just starting to find all of these different things. Then we did the food shuttle. Uh, We're working on that with one of the biggest colleges right now with with housing authority where we can get individuals from housing, you know, actual access to healthy food options, affordable food options. So, you know, really just setting our intention on utilizing transportation as a means of driving people out of poverty instead of keeping people in poverty. That's what Tech Valley has stands for now. Um, Those are our values. And it also, from an employee standpoint, I bring individuals in who might not even have a license or we help them get a class E license. We help them get their CDLs. And most companies handcuff people. You know, I help you get your CDL. You got to work for me for the next two years. Right. We not like that. Like, (laughs) bro, you get your CDL next week and you find a job that's going to pay you 40, 50, 60 dollars an hour. Go for it. Like I did my part by helping you. With this opportunity, you did your part by showing up every day. Now go get the bigger bag and, and keep going. Yeah. So, you know, like it, it's none of the handcuffing. It's all about just really trying to elevate and help our people, especially individuals like me who've been incarcerated and knowing that transportation has a lower entry uh, to get into as a as a startup. Correct. Um, I think, you know, it allows the opportunity to help. A lot of dudes who and females who might not have had an opportunity or wouldn't have thought as transportation as a as a means that could really change their lives. And, you know, we're we're, we're shouting that from the rooftop right now. Like, nah, bro, this is it. You right, know, right, this right. is where it's at. So, you know, that, that that's kind of Tech Valley shuttle and, and, and how we got here and, and, and what we're doing to this day. Um, and, you know, I, I love it. I got you. So we're going to rewind just a little bit because I sure. want to kind of get into the business of how you got to this point, because you just now talked about a variety of different niches and a mm-hmm. variety of things that you that you guys do. Right. So I want to I want to I want to bring it back here, but I want to start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So when you started this shuttle company, you were still working at the hotel. Correct. correct? Mm-hmm. So you're still in a management position at the hotel, but you have this idea to start this shuttle company. Right. Yep. The first question I want to ask is, how, how did the were you transparent with the hotel owners that you were going to do this? Mm-hmm. Did, did, did Were you working with that same hotel to transport people? How was that transition? Talk about that. So definitely worked with the ownership. I wanted to be 100% honest with them, let them know, hey, I'm thinking about starting this. Um, also, ironically enough, that same family who owned that hotel um, are connected to the people who own the land for the uh, for the casino. Okay. So strategically, it only made sense to let them know because I— Naturally, I want to do business you you with the going. casino as well. Right. right. You want to burn that bridge. Correct. And you never want to burn a bridge. You never know when you got to cross it again. So I, I gave him my word, like, I will be here. I will give you guys a hundred like I always have. Um, but once it comes to the point where I have to give my business that more support in 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 what it needs to grow, that that'll be the day where I'll let you guys know that I just can't do it anymore. But before we get there. I will help you identify the next person who will take my my position. I will get them trained up. I'll do everything in my power to make this as seamless as possible. And um, to this day, those are my people. It's like, you know, the Malozzi family, I, I text them from here and there. You know, they they helped us get in the rivers to just have a holiday party. So you never want to burn a bridge. Remember that. A hundred percent. All right. So getting a, a shuttle company started, because at this point, you've you never had a, a business before. Right. But you see this opportunity. I sold well, drugs. 
you sold drugs. <laughs> that, yes, true, true, true. But uh, but yes. <laughs> so so when when you get this company started, number one, like who are you modeling? Who who are you seeing that's doing something similar? How do you know what's the first move to make? Tell me about that. That's, that's a good question. Um, I'm like a sponge, right? So I try to pull from whatever resources I see in, 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 in are tangible or I want to, if someone's doing something that I feel looks good, like I want to follow that path. And so um, with the transportation, there was nothing to follow. That's what's kind of unique about this. Um, there's, there was something called safe bus, um, which started in Winston Salem some years ago, but that was like the big uh, bus company for African, ran by African-Americans, by us. And they were, I think they ran until like the 1970s, but the difference was they were like a, a city bus line. Okay. Um, and so I haven't found anything like us. And so once I'm diving into the space and I'm just sitting here, I'm like, yo, why is nobody doing this? Like, you know? And so I didn't have anyone to mimic in that space, but what I was doing is I was just doing my research to be more, more honest than anything. And I was trying to figure out what other forms of transportation. Oh, so find out there's micro transportation. Awesome. So with micro transportation, that allows me to do all of these things that I'm looking to do. Cool. Let's build our services around this new micro transportation and let's perform these services. Um, So it wasn't in that space. I didn't have a lot of things to mimic as I was kind of pivoting the company because it didn't really exist. But um, I, I just tried to follow the little things from, you know, bigger companies. Oh, all right, customer service, seeing their reviews. How are they getting more reviews? So from a business standpoint, I was literally following the leader, looking at what the bigger companies were doing and then figure out how we could implement those sort of things from a, a business, an operational standpoint. But from from the standpoint of what I wanted us to be, or where I thought we were heading, um, I was kind of trailblazing that path. Got you. So you, you, the term you used was micro bus services? Mic- micro transit. Micro transit. So what does that mean? Just smaller, trans- transporting a smaller group of people? Kind of, but really, it, so it is group transportation still, mm-hmm. micro transit. But the difference is you can do it anywhere. So like a bus company will have a fixed route. With micro transit transportation, you create that route. Okay. Right. Got you. So uh, you so do you have to go through any governing bodies to create that route or is it just solely like you're going to do it on your own? You figure it out. And right. That's how it works. It works like that. And but you need the technology in place to make it all work. And so we had to invest in the technology that almost similar to a ride share where our customers can uh, track the vehicles. They could book uh, their rides. Um, Only difference is everything has to be pre-planned with us in advance. And ultimately they put in their schedule for the next week or two. And then that tells us what time they need to be picked up. It also is a attendance tracker. So now we could go back to the employer and, you know, for last month, this is how many riders you had. So they can also see the kind of return on investment that they're getting. Um, But it allows, it also communicates with the other uh, transportation agencies. So like uh, for up here, it's called CDTA. Um, We have the, 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 the technology where we could talk to their buses and we could do last mile services in partnership with them okay. um, and things of that nature. Okay. So you said the the only company that you knew about at that time was SafeBus. That was a, a, a traditional bus company, yep. like a big bus company. Correct. Right. Okay. But you're going to start a shuttle bus company to where it's like, what, 16 passengers and less? Uh, I mean, 
uh, it varies. Like we got a forty passenger, fifty f- passenger, thirty okay. passenger. So you know, but our sweet spot uh-huh. is typically between eleven and twenty passengers. Okay, that, that's our sweet spot. Eleven and twenty. Okay, so let let let's start there. So your first vehicle that you actually purchased, what what size is that? <laughs> a Sprinter, eleven passenger Sprinter. <laughs> okay, eleven uh, passenger Sprinter. <laughs> All right, how how did you know to get that? Did you do some research? Tell me about that. And I just went like I I just. That was my vision to uh, have a sh- like the the service to be able to go to different hotels. Okay. So I knew we needed something that had more capacity. And then the thought was, you know, pick up three here, four here, three here, two here. Then we go to the airport. Gotcha. So I knew I needed more capacity. Um, but then as I have that, then I start to realize, well, you know, Right before Rideshare came, we invested in a minivan because then it was, you know, we're picking up one or two people. So we don't need this big old Sprinter to go do that. That could be doing other stuff. And so um, so that's how we we started to honestly diverse our fleet early on. We have small economy cars, you know, that we only put two passengers in all the way up to, like I said, 50 passengers. Right. And so um, our whole thing is we could grow with you. We have the right size vehicle to fit your group or individual needs. And um, it really allows us to, when we talk to our, uh, our, 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 the companies, the organizations we partner with, um, it allows us to really grow the service because it's always comes down to the bottom line for them. Yeah. And so in, in, in ROI. And so for us to be able to say, hey, look, let's do a little pilot program. Let's start it off with a, a little vehicle that you could start with just as little as two people. And then, you know, in two weeks time, let's get you in the minivan and let's walk you up to the Sprinter and let's go to a shuttle bus. So it allows the diversity to really meet any company or organization's needs. OK, so so how much did the first Sprinter van cost you? Do you remember? Was it a I want to say new van? Nah, it was used. Used? It was, you know, I'm frugal. Back to frugal. <laughs> um, so that was, it was probably like 20000 somewhere okay. around there. Okay, about, about 20 You finance it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. And what do you do with this Sprinter? First day out, you have the Sprinter. What, what, what logistically, what, who are you picking up? <laughs> talk, talk to me about that. Day one, I didn't know what, like, you know, he's trying to figure it out. Okay. So, um... The very first gig I got was a college group, though, a party, shuttling them from, you know, the college to a party. Um, How'd you get that gig? Word of mouth. You know, it was at that time, you know, like the, 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 one of the, there was another dude up here, but there was only two black people who had bigger vehicles that could do that. Okay, that so, could support it. Okay. Right, right. So it was kind of more so just word of mouth. Like, yo, I know this dude, he got a Sprinter. Like, you know, he's giving a good deal. You want to use it. Right. So, and, and that, that kind of gave birth to that. So your, so your goal or your vision is to support the hotels, right, mm-hmm. from the airport, but you didn't start off with the hotels. Nope, so you start off doing like like parties. The very first thing is a party, yep. But then we sit her down though. Okay. So we did that service. I sit her down then for two months. And then that's when we really started to dive in on the hotels. We set the date for the same day as the casino. And then from there, we we solely focus on the hotel. So we we stuck to the dean. Okay, but you know, leading up to it, just right. trying to bring you, some extra. Cash. Right, you had to make yeah, it happen. Yeah, yeah. All right. So when you, you you start positioning this, positioning yourself to, you know, structure these deals with these hotels. How do you go about that? What are you mm. saying to them? Mm. How are you becoming like? Are you an exclusive uh, ride, ride carrier for them? Like, how does that work? Yep. Tell me about that. So um, originally. It, you know, it was easy for me to talk to him because I was a general manager. So I knew what the what, lingo what tickled their fancy. You know? <laughs> right, yeah, right. And so um so I could talk to them that I could tell them that 
your company's shuttle service, you guys are losing, you know, 60000 a year on that just because it's sitting there. And then the associate that you're you're paying to do that. So altogether, that's costing your hotel over $100,000 a year. What kind of return are you getting on that? And they can't give you no answer for that because they're not getting no return on it. And so, um, you know, I was able to kind of strike up those conversations just just as easy as that. And then um, and then be able to tell them, but look, with us, we could do more. You're keeping your shuttle within a three mile radius. Most hotels, they their shuttle only goes to like an airport or within a, a small radius from the hotel. So with us, we can open your radius up. So now, you know, you can serve you could bring your clients even further out. You know, you can contract with organizations and get their employees to and from work. Um, You could get flight crews in. So I just kind of knew different areas that I could kind of go in and talk to them. And um, so that kind of that's why we were able to scale up to working with 50 hotels in less than a year. Gotcha. Because I, I just I came in, I knew it. You know? Yeah. So so most of these hotels already had a shuttle service in place. A lot of them do. But you just found a way to make it more feasible and make Correct. it better for them and more profitable for them as a as a, as, a, as as for the company. For the company. And like you said, we came in with a different approach. This is a non-exclusive partnership. Um, in which you could still go with any transportation supplier you want to go with, but with us, these are the locked-in rates. These have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. These are the different areas that will service for you. These are this is what we've been doing for other hotels. And this is what we can do for you. And um, it kind of became started to become more of a, a quick, sell, a easy sale. I'll say. Was there was there any other competition? I know you said you kind of trailblaze this type of operation. So you caught you guys were doing something that nobody else was doing at the time. Yeah, they was looking. They was looking. They, had, they, was looking. Yeah. <laughs> they had eyes and ears on. They was looking. Uh, nobody was doing it to that level. They might some of the transportation suppliers might talk to one or two hotels or have a relationship with one hotel. Um, but we were the first one that was knocking on every door. Like, yo, this is how we can help you. This is how we can help you. So, um, there wasn't really any competition in that space. And, um, it's kind of funny now when I look and I see other people doing what we did right. early on. Um, and honestly, I tell, I give people the blueprint. Like, you trying to get into it? Yo, partner, find a hotel you could partner with. That might be your first great opportunity. And this is what you want to tell them. But, um, and so now I see a lot of people kind of entering or have used that as a way to get into the space locally. And, and they've been able to grow their business from there. So got you. So how, when, when you, when you start, doing it how do you know how how to price like how do you know what to charge how do you know talk, talk to me a little bit about that did you lose money in the beginning definitely it was losing money <laughs> my, my whole approach was was kind of like you know I took it back to what I learned in the streets and in the streets I knew if you had a good quality product but you were able to give it to them 
to people for a lower price point, they're going to keep coming to you. Right. And then you can eventually raise your price point up and compete with your competitors. Okay. And so that was kind of the same approach we took coming in was, hey, it's a non-exclusive partnership and we're willing to transport your customers for this. And it would be such a low price point. It's like they kind of forced to to rock with you because no one else is matching that for their for their customers. Right. And um and so that that was definitely the blueprint to getting us into the space. Um and then eventually I had to learn, you know, how to properly price stuff out and, and incorporate in all of your expenses so that way you can turn profit. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you remember what you were pricing at that time? Man. And and, and, and like what was the model? Like was it uh, per, per per person per person. Yeah, we were doing per person. Okay. So most of the services were le- like ten dollars. Like that was kind of the sweet spot. Hey, we'll get you to the airport ten dollars each way, or we'll get you to this for beer. Uh, they have a lot of beer and wine tasted. We'll get you to that ten dollars. So right. that was kind of the ten dollars was our sweet point at first to start off. Got you. Regardless of where you're kind of going, because everything's within the same kind of right. radius pretty, for the yeah. most part. Pretty pretty right. Yeah. And, and you're and you're charging this to the rider. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the the hotel doesn't have to get involved at all. All they got to do is direct them, send them, send them in this way. Okay, okay, got you. So you so you're doing ten dollars a ride, and 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 you said obviously there was some mishaps with that kind of pricing, right? Oh yeah. So so what did you have to do to kind of go, go in reconfigure and then reconstruct reconstruct your prices? So you know that really came down to I learned that from more partnerships. Um, and also going after bids, like more um, bid kind of services. Okay. Um, because I learned that you got to be able to properly price out the service to even go after the bid. Like the bid might be 100000 or, or the contract might be 100000 and But you might, and I did this, I tried to kind of be a cheaper option to guarantee a contract. But then as we diving in, I'm like, yo, we like breaking even on this. Like we're doing this for no money really. Right. And so that was um kind of the aha moment. And I actually partnered and worked with um a uh I paid a consultant to come in and show me how to properly price out stuff. And mm. so that that was kind of I needed that. Right, I right, needed right. that. And right. I think a lot of, especially small businesses, we need that. Like, you know, we don't really always know how to properly price stuff out. Um, and so to have someone who's an expert in that space be able to sit down and, and, and guide you through it has definitely been beneficial. And, and now we we really have a, a, a good idea of pricing. I, it's funny, but I had a customer who reached out to us earlier this year, like a couple of weeks ago, and it was a service we did for her. Uh, three years ago, um, it was a conference, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so she's telling me, she tells us what she needs. The team gives her a quote. And then she comes back to me and she's like, wow, this is a big difference from what we did. I just, I, I pulled it up. Right. And she said, she sends me what we charged her and I'm looking at it like, dang, wow. Right, wow. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. So I had to just tell her like, you know, thing, you know, that uh, Prices change, things change, there's shortages, you know, COVID has been crazy, and, yeah. you know, but it just showed me how terribly we were pricing stuff out yeah. a couple of years what, ago. What, 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 if you could think of like something that you weren't even considering that may have been like a, like a, a, a cost that you wouldn't have considered at, at first, but mm-hmm. then once you looked at the, you know, really looked at it closely, like, you like, damn, I'm paying that this much and that. Like, right. what, was some, what was some of those insurance. kind of was? Insurance was one of the, like, the probably one of the biggies, especially as a, as a, as a newer company, 
you're really your hands are tied as to what insurance agencies are going to cover you, especially when you're talking passenger transportation. And so um, it's very limited. Like, honestly, it was like two options that you could really go with um, and two, maybe three in New York state. And um, but most of the time you have to kind of go through New York state insurance. So mm. going to get hit in the head. Gotcha. And I wasn't looking at that $50,000 cost and incorporating that in my service prices. Right. And so then you look back at the end of the year and you, you like, red. right. Like, holy smack, you know, like we yeah. never accounted for that. And that's what the consultant was kind of showing like, bro, you, did you put in for your office space? Are, like you got to incorporate all of, you got to know your, the totality of your bills as well as how much that service is really going to cost you for you to be able to price it out properly. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, in terms of compliance and getting your company <laughs> set up when you first got started, did, how, how'd you set the company up? Tell, tell me a little about that. So I didn't even know the rules of, of entry when it comes to New York State DOT. Um, so like I said, I had a Sprinter van, which is 11 passenger. With that one was 11 passenger. And I just thought you put it on the road, get you, you know, you get you your, your, your plates and you good to go. Right. And um, but I come to find out it's not that simple. Anything with eight or more passengers in New York State requires DOT inspection. You got to have your MC numbers, your DOT numbers. Um, So uh, <laughs> I, I was out there. Wow. You was riding dirty. <laughs> right. Definitely riding dirty. Riding dirty. <laughs> and, but, you know, uh, working with DOT, um, you know, and they got they they. They, you know, roadside inspection. That's where it all started at. Road. They pulled us over on a roadside inspection, going to pick up a hotel group, and um, they 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 were able to. Hey, you don't got this. You don't got that. Da, da, da. Like, and they were they worked with me though. They they didn't they didn't even hit me in the head. They just told me I had to ground the vehicle, and this is what you got to do A B C D, and and we took every step from there, and and you know, but bro, we was riding dirty. Like looking back <laughs> at it, I'm like, yo, we was bugging. <laughs> So, so you're, you're considered a car like a motor carrier. Correct. Right. You have like a DOT number and everything DOT and, and everything like that. Yep. Um, all right. So, so let, we, we kind of started there with the, with the first initial shuttles and for the airports, how, how many, sh uh, actual vehicles did you scale up to w doing that? Um, doing just that in the hotel space? With the hotel space. Yeah. I think three. Three. Yeah. I think we got to three in that space. Okay. We we're just doing that. Okay, and then at this point is when the rideshare comes into play. Uh, no, before rideshare we we're at two. Okay. Um, then post rideshare by by the end of that year we had scaled up to our third vehicle. Okay, got you. So you have three vehicles now, and and for the most part you're focusing on the airport shuttles and all that, right? Yep. That's the main thing. That's our main thing. Yep. All right. So so now tell me, rideshare comes, things come to a halt. Halt. Phone stop right. ringing. Everybody's using Uber, it's Lyft, new toy, new shiny toy. Do 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 do, do <laughs> you know? Right. Okay. So so what do you what do you do on that on, on that for that month or whatever whatever you go, time you're going through this this feeling of like what are we gonna do now? It was just back to the drawing board. Like I said, it was stay at the hotel, give up on this particular dream, and um or double down on it. And so when I decided, you know, let's double down, let's focus on groups. Um, let's get back to the the sprinter was a good idea. Let's let's stay in that that arena. Um, that that's really when you know it became sink or swim. Um, and so we started to focus on the groups, but that's 
like I said, I was also, that's when I was really dedicating more time. I wanted to be a master of my craft. Everything I was reading, everything I was, I was, all the motivational stuff was always telling me, you know, you got to be a master of something if you really want to check. And so, <laughs> and I wanted to be a master. And to this day, to this day, literally to this day, I take 15 minutes every single day to just learn more about uh, transportation. Right. That's how I ran, ran across safe bus. Like I just always Microtransit, like I'm always just looking into transportation. Yeah. And so, um, so wanting to be a master of the craft is, you know, and, and realizing diving into what the numbers look like for us when it comes to the poverty, that was the eye opener. And that's when I was like, no, like I want to set my intentions on this and okay. being more community focused. Um, so 2019, we on fire. Like we got, we, we, we at the peak of what we've done to, 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 at that time. Um, and I mean, yeah, 2019. So we run through 2019 great year. Then we 2020, our numbers for the first quarter was looking crazy. So I'm like, woo. Okay. And then COVID comes. Then and, COVID comes. And COVID comes and we lose 98% of our business just like that. Everything wow. we had built up just stopped. Um, and so during that time I had to lay people off. Um, you know, naturally, um, transportation, we were deemed, um, an essential service. So me and, and, and my COO, Christopher, we just dove in. And when I say we dove in, we was in the lab every day, me and him just trying to figure out how we can help the community. And so, um, and there, there's people that'll tell you like our first, uh, my first call was reaching out to, you know, nonprofits and stuff and just asking, how can we help? Like what's going on right now? Do you guys need delivery? Like how can we be of service to the community? And um in doing so, that really, really, really sped up everything for us because we did all of this stuff for free. And then naturally all of those relationships started to turn into contracts once you know things started to smooth back out these nonprofits started to write us into you know their services their needs in the future mm. um and you know our, our driven to work just caught on fire because then it was a worker shortage so now organizations are more open than to really hearing out our services um which then allowed us to double back and reinvest in the other things that you know because we're not a non-profit and so we do everyone always says are you a non-profit everything you guys seem to do you should be a non-profit right and i just never liked that because i felt like non-profits puts us back in the space of asking and begging and you know <laughs> what i mean like yeah. now you always asking someone for money you trying to fundraise money and and no shade or nothing in that space but as a black man I don't want to be asking like that's how they always keep us in these bubbles is, you know, be a nonprofit help we'll help you raise some money. No, be a for profit. Go get the money yourself. And then if you want to start a nonprofit or you want to give back now, that gives you the access to give back and be charitable how you want to be. Right. And so um, and so, you know, that that's literally where we at with it. Like we you know, I was out. COVID comes. Company loses 95 percent of the business. That's when I start my logistics company. Okay. Um, I uh, GB Logistics. GB Logistics. Um, we lose, like I said, ninety eight percent of our business here. I don't know what's really going to happen on this space. I just know let's try to give back. Let's help out. The opportunity came to start my logistics company. I get an email from Amazon out of the blue, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, are you interested in in you know doing last mile delivery?" Right. <laughs> right now, definitely. And so I took the time, you know, filled out the app, and lo and behold, they said we want to partner with you. And so, um, so then now. 
now I'm feeling good again. Like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, we got a whole new opportunity here. I build this up. And wow, still realizing I talked to my mentor and I was like, I think I might have to shut Tech Tech Valley down. And my mentor was like, Trent, if you got the means to support and keep your main thing going, keep your main thing going. He said, you told me that no one's doing what you're doing. You're trailblazing a new path. Why would you give that up? And so he said, I don't care what you got to do to keep them lights on. Do what you got to do. And so, um, you know, started the logistics company. I I went over there for about, you know, I, I used the first eight months to build the foundation there, rev it up. Um, and then, like I said, while I'm doing that, at the same time on this side of things, we're getting more contracts from the work that we did during COVID, looking out for people. And I mean, it kind of just, everything just started to trend in a whole different direction. 2020, 21 was like, a crazy year, like everything was just going up. Yeah. How, how did you, cause, cause you said when COVID came and you lost 98% of the business and, and the main business at that time was what? Uh, we were still, we were doing, uh, we were doing, um, the main business the main before niche. COVID. Like what was the, 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 it was still really the hotels uh-huh. was a big portion. We were doing some stuff for some charter schools okay. at that time. Um, that was really the, the, the weddings, the charter stuff, and then just kind of our, oh, and we were doing a, a shuttle with Amtrak. We had a partnership with uh, the local transportation authority and Amtrak. So we were doing a shuttle in partnership with them. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was we're the capital of New York. Right. So what people don't understand is everything that happens law in terms of laws happens here. So we get an abundance of people coming in from all over the state to come to the capital to handle business. And so the shuttle we were doing with Amtrak was supporting that whole industry. Right. And so, um, you and then with the charter schools and then the weddings just stopped, like everything just stopped. It was, everything just yeah, stopped. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going anywhere. Nobody's moving. It just, it just stopped. Yeah. So, so when you start doing like the free stuff for everybody, you kind of like, look at it, you get creative. You're like, we got to, we have these, these vans, you mm-hmm. know, we just sitting on them. How, how are you supporting that? Like, how are you, funding you still got to pay for fuel you still got to pay for for workers like how how are you able to do free stuff for people we, just from the little bit of reserves we had you got know? you so you actually dipped into your own capital to just get out there and just do Keep going. community work yep. wow wow and then and then you said you started building relationships in the community from doing all that work mm-hmm. and that turned into that was like that was the like, you know, it was like everyone's calling Trent, 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 Trent's helping out. Trent's doing this. He got the the vans. They're doing food delivery. They're bringing people to doctor's appointments. Like, call Trent, call Trent, call Trent. And that's all you kept hearing. Trent, 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 Tech Valley Shuttle. And, and I mean, I think everyone could feel that it was genuine. It wasn't like nothing that was forced. Um, By that point, my story had already been out. So people knew I was someone who was formerly incarcerated. I had started this business. Um, So I think... The community also was rallying behind, you know, what we had started. Um, and and then, I mean, it's just a blessing, man, that that all of those things really turned into contracts, sitting on new boards, you know, forming just new relationships. Some of it ain't contracts, but it's still now people in my network who I can contact if I want to ask a question or if I want to partner with their organizations. And it's like the door is wide open for us. Got you. So, so those type of contracts or grants, or, or did you look for any of those, or they all kind of came to you? Oh, I was looking. I was, I was on the hunt. <laughs> I was on the hunt. You know, you don't hunt, you don't eat. So right, I was right, on right. the hunt. Right. I was looking for all of those opportunities, grants, um, 
you know, even loans, like if I had to take a loan out. And, and so, um, you know, we were just like, I was really, I was really just buying into what my mentor said, like, no, do what you got to do to keep this thing going. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. So at the, at the top of, um, I want to go back to before, uh, not COVID before, uh, what's going to call it? Um, what was the other tragedy that happened before COVID? Oh, ride share. Ride share. Ride share. What, what were you guys doing in revenue then? Uh, Do you remember? That was early on. I want to, it was first year. I think we did like, it was either 73 or 79,000 we did first year from February to the end of the year. Okay. So that first year, 2017 is when ride share came. I can't really, I don't really know. I couldn't really tell you what we did. We're doing before ride share. I just know that first year we did either like seven. It was somewhere in the seventies in, in terms of just overall sales. Okay, and then you pivot into the other space, mm-hmm. right? So, what? How, how big did you grow, uh, Tech Valley? Like before, before it hit, before yeah, we were we were like at a quarter million a year by then. Quarter million, and that and was only two three years of business. Got you, got you. And how much vehicles did you have at that time? Mm, I would say probably around. Six. Okay. Yeah, around six vehicles. Okay, got you. And you guys are kind of spread out across different niches, but just basically offering what whatever the transportation needs are in the area, gonna, you guys are pretty much fulfilling it. everything. Yeah, 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 we'll do it. Call us. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right. So that Call so us. that so that brings us to like current day. So current mm-hmm. day, what is Tech Valley Shuttle looking like? And now we're looking like we're man, we're hitting on all 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 cylinders. So okay. We're fully community-based. Our mission is to combat poverty through um, expanded transportation options uh, for those, you know, for those overlooked, systematically overlooked. Um, Our whole mission, everything we do goes back to that. And so now with our prison shuttles, you know, COVID, that shut that down, but we're bringing it back for Mother's Day. And um, so we're going to do a a nice Mother's Day push behind that. We're going to get right back on that. Um, It's allowed us to expand in the delivery options now. You know, COVID opened that opportunity. Um, So we actually work with uh, one of the biggest um, hospitals in the area, and we uh, transport uh, food for individuals who have different um, medical conditions that require special diets. Um, So we we, we transport food for them. Um, We also transport medicine for them when they have like a doctor or a representative that rides with us and, and they go give it out. Um, so we, we're, we're helping in that space. We're working with one of the biggest colleges, RPI, um, and housing authority at this point. And um, we're doing a, a, our food shuttle for the food insecure areas. Um, and ultimately we're getting the county to uh, offset the expenses. And I'm trying to actually now dive into the actual grocery markets and, and, uh, and see if they will actually pay for the riders to come on a weekly basis. So now hopefully making this whole service absolutely free for the riders, but now they're able to get healthy food options and more affordable food options. Cause you go to the corner store, you buy six items, it's $13. Those same items you go to your grocery store, $7. Mm. So, you know, like really trying to help in that space. And then, um, 
And then our driven to work program, which is our catalyst at this point, we work with some the biggest FedEx, you know, UPS. Um, we've done stuff for uh, Great Escape, um, Starbucks. I mean, you, we could go down the list of the, the agencies we worked with, as well as the municipalities in the area. We do a summer youth transportation. We just got Albany County involved with that. Uh, we got a huge announcement coming with the, the airport soon. Um, I can't even really say it yet, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's big. It's big, okay. Um, and so, you know, we, we're, we're dedicated, man. We double down into the, to, to our mission. Um, everyone here has set their intentions. We know exactly what we want to do. We know exactly where we are. Um, you know, we know what we represent and we know who we represent for. And yeah. so, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're locked in right now. How do you manage all these different customers in all these different spaces? Because like you're doing, I mean, a lot of, you know, typically you do a one type of customer, right? You have a lot of different types of customers. You got schools, you got this, you got airports, you got, they're all over the place. Right. Like who is keeping track of all of those different customer needs because they all have a different set of needs. Um, It's a group effort. And, you know, so one thing every Friday, everyone on my team, they have we do a training day. And so like those on the team who are involved in customer customer service, they get beat in the head with different customer service trainings. Um, the goal is Karen, uh, our office, she actually won you know, a customer service award. The goal, the, the general concept for us is she's usually the first person that a customer gets in touch with. So right from the jip. She's delivering great customer service, timely with her responses, you know, uh, cheerful on the phone. Right. We talk with a smile over here. And then from there, though, every single person they touch should be a, a reflection of great customer service. So and then the drivers on the team understand that they need to be timely because this individual has somewhere they need to go. We're a contracted obligation to be there at a set time. And so, like, then they understand customer service. So. It's it's a team effort. Um, our leadership team um is is has been you know my secret sauce. You know you can't scale and grow without a great team. Um, and and I, I've been fortunate enough to really been able to identify some good people who want to grow and get better. And you know I, I invest in my team, so I invest in them what their goals are inside of work, but I also invest in their goals and what they want outside of work. Um, and I find that in doing so I get a, even more of a buy-in because they know I really care about them. And mm. so then they start to really care about me and my business the same way. Um, and, and, and then it becomes a, we, and like, that's all I'm usually saying is we, 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 because I realize none of this happens without a team. Right. Right. Do you have like, like, like a sales team, like people who are going out, constantly looking mm -hmm. for different sales opportunities. Yep. So we got sales team. Um, we have our fleet manager. Uh, we have our COO. We have our office assistant. Um, and then we have our, our dispatch. Um, so those are like the five pillars of the leadership on this side. GB Logistics has a leadership team too. We have our fleet manager. We have our dispatcher. We have our general manager. Um, and we have our trainer. And we have our... Uh, if I didn't say fleet manager, fleet manager. So, okay. um, and so, you know, I, 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 we have an organizational chart. Everyone understands where they are. Oh, we got HR person too, who covers both. But, um, and so ultimately I just really work with my leadership team. I've set my intention this year. I used to mentor a lot of people, um, on Fridays, but I don't do that anymore. Now I, I dedicate that team to my leadership team. Um, so I could work with them, mentor them, be in that space with them. Um, my whole goal is to, I want them to be the best versions of them inside and outside of work. 
And then I know in doing so, when they're here, they're rock stars. Got you. Now, GB Logistics, that's uh, through Amazon, right? DSP program. Yep. Does that does that business ever really intersect with Tech Valley? Shuttles are kind of like a separate separate thing. It's totally separate. I keep them totally separate. Two okay. different worlds. The one thing that's the same, though, is we're charitable in that space, too. Like, you know, on Sundays we do, uh, not every Sunday, but like next Sunday we're doing a charitable event for the Boys and Girls Club. Um, we were doing something for uh, the Greater Food of the Capital Region last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago. So we're constantly giving back in that space, too. That's one thing I think is going to always be a reflection of anything that I touch is the give back. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it's totally different entity um totally different leadership teams um totally different staff over there in total we have well in our peak season we were up to 86 different people on my team over there okay um over here uh, our max i think has been 20 people so you know it's definitely a lot larger um over there we have 24 trucks i have i, I want to say 16 small box trucks 16 footers and then the rest are uh, 26 foot box trucks so you know that that space is 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 just bigger in everything we do um but which has allowed me to become a better leader as well as what i tell people all the time is it's a paid internship in a lot of ways i mm. i get the opportunity to get paid to get into the logistics field, to learn how to manage larger teams. So, right. you know, all everything I always look at as an opportunity and it, that just became a, a, a great opportunity, which helped me to continue to grow vertically in the transportation space because being a master of the field, I want to learn every aspect of transportation. Yeah. Can, can you just explain like just kind of like what the DSP program is for Definitely. people who just want to, you know, are interested in it through Amazon? And it's something I, I recommend to people all the time. So basically it's called a delivery service partnership and um, you have to be accepted, Um, but they have it also UPS. I mean, FedEx does it. You could buy routes through FedEx, do the same thing. But late, but basically it's a last mile delivery service, meaning we are the last point of 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 transfer for for items and so it might have came over on a bus it might have got airlifted and it might have got put to a distribution center but once it gets to us we're the last mile to get it to your to the final destination okay um very smooth service um and something that i definitely recommend to people um it, it definitely gives you the opportunity to really grow into a leader and that's that's what i really enjoy from it the most is growing into a better leader, um, which has been a great saving grace in Tech Valley as well, because the better leader I am overall, I just bring so much more to the table for my team. And you said you've been doing that for a year now? Two years. Two years? Yeah. And you said you've grown to, to how, how big? 20, it's 20, I think it's 24 vehicles and, and 86 people at one time on the team. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the biggest challenge uh, working with, with uh, Amazon? The biggest challenge, just being transparent, is I I, I got to listen to somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's legit right. it. You got to report to somebody. I got to report to someone. Yeah. And, you know, in Tech Valley, I don't got to ask, yo, I want to start a new service. Yeah, we could start it. Mm. You know, we dive in. Amazon, gonna, they, not like they're going to say, hey, you know, deliver these new packages. You know what I mean? Like, I right. can't just build that. And right. so that's, but that's also been humbling. And it's also been, um, it's also allowed me to learn to accept that. Like, you know, I, I can't control everything, you right. know? And, and some, you, I'm learning to let go. Let go and, and what they say, let go and let God. That's what they used to say locked right. up. Right. Like, I'm learning now. I've learned 
how to let go because at first it was a challenge for me. Like if I'm I'm one of those people like if 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 something's not right if it and if I feel you did someone on my team wrong or something like that, like I'm a fight tooth and nail for my team and, you know, not being able to control certain situations. That was the hardest part. But I've learned that, you know, at the end of the day, I have a contractual obligation that I said I was going to do. And that's what we're going to do. And, yeah. you know, if we got to jump through a couple of holes and make, to make it work, that's what we're going to do. But we're going to follow Amazon's lead. And even on that side, our number one mission very simply put, is to be the number one DSP in the world. Got you. Got you. What have you learned from working with Amazon DSP that you've incorporated into Tech Valley? Man, so much. I couldn't even, I'd be lying. Something as simple as just putting, you know, cameras in your vehicle and and and, and, and investing in uh, stuff that, you know, really lets you see the metrics, hard, harsh brakes, Hard, hard turns, speeding, you know, and so like you'll see, like over here, we created a whole bonus program around that just because these are metrics that we're now keeping track of before I wasn't so much into that. It was more so let's just get these services in. Right. But, you know, learning the importance of why safety is so important, why why um they move a certain way. And then the big thing I've learned, too, is strategic, like. I've seen them roll certain things out and it doesn't work and they pull it quick. And then that was the end of it. But mm. then I also see them talking about things for some time and strategically aligning everything up to roll it out. And then it happens. And so I think a lot of small businesses, small business is when they start up, we feel we just got to go. You know, and that that used to be me here. They they used to call me the shooter because they would just say, <laughs> point them in a direction and let them go. Right. But now I'm learning. Nah, that's not really it, bro. Like where it's really at is measuring twice. So you only got to cut once. Like, let's do all our due diligence up front and then we will see the results that we really want to see on the back end. And so just becoming it's allowed me to be way more strategic in all of my approaches take way more time to plan stuff out and just do it the proper way. You know, mm. like even with the airport shuttle, the old me, I would have told everyone all about it and went around it the wrong way. But now taking a little bit more time, I've been able to get key players in who are now even interested in funding the program, like things that I wouldn't have thought of before. I would have just did it. Like, right. honestly, I would have just did it. Right. But now I'm learning, nah, bro, pump the brakes, man. Plan this out. See who you could pull in, who's willing to help. Like, utilize all your resources because you didn't build all of this up for, just to do it yourself. Like, now tag people in and Utilize your notoriety. Once I once I got mentioned in Forbes, it was like, you know, I, I was I was an honoree last year for uh, Forbes next a thousand entrepreneurs in the world. Man, that little that little tag done opened up so many doors for me. And, you know, now I call a meeting and it's oh, yeah, not a problem. Trent. You know, I've been, <laughs> been waiting for this call, you know. Right, I, and, right. And so, you know, I'm learning to really leverage all of those things and, 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 and also, you know, strategically continue to partner with people who in organizations and brands that will elevate you. You can learn from and, you know, and, and, and align yourself with. And so, you know, that that's kind of where we're at today. Um, what, what I've been able to build all together, you know, we got a fleet of well over 40 vehicles, you know, I'm somebody that was released from prison, you know, in, in what, 2007, ha had my little run in again in, in, I think 2008, 2009 is, and, and since 2010, I haven't looked back and, you know, it's only been 12 years and 
to go from a felon to Forbes within 12 years in a society that they know, you know, historically is super tough for us. Yeah. Um, Man, I just feel like sky's the limit. I know. I don't feel like I know sky's the limit. I know everything is obtainable. I know if you set your intentions and you're willing to put in the work, I know you can make it happen. And I just know that I haven't even scratched the surface yet. Like this is to me just the beginning. Like I, I'm really excited for what's yet to come. Yeah. What, what's What's more important for you, the the revenue or the impact? Mm. I would say impact only because. Revenue is great and, you know, we need money to live, but who's to say like a service that we do today won't change a kid's life? Like if if we could skip a kid by our transportation, if we could get a kid to a charter school or a private school and that kid doesn't have to go through the prison and experiences I did and that kid goes on to then, who knows, do some amazing stuff in our area or even in the world, that's more impactful. So, you know, I would say the impact, um, the lives we touch, even on my goals list every year, the the amount of lives that I want to touch increases all of the time. I do have monetary goals too, but you know, that like at this point, I know I'm gonna figure out how to make money. Yeah. Um more importantly now at this point is figuring out how do we continue to help other people's lives. So yeah, yeah definitely the impact. If if there was someone watching now and they were interested in getting into the shuttle space in their community, mm-hmm. what would you inv- advise them to do? What should be the first steps that they should take? The very first step I think is first to figure out how you, some business that you can align yourself with. Um, Cause I've learned that, when we were early on and we were chasing the next ride, it's hard to really scale. But when you get a contract in place and you have guaranteed money coming in, you can you can work off of that. Now you have budgets. Now you you know how much money you're bringing in on um, what you can afford, as well as you can stack contracts. So, you know, one for 10,000, 10, 10, 10, 10. Now you got 100,000. But the individual riders, that's hard to stack. And you never know where it's coming from. You're right. always chasing. And so um, I would say try to align yourself. I would say you could follow the blueprint. It's been given. Like, <laughs> go start talking to a local hotel. Ask them, you know, how, how's their transportation? But I think uh, anyone who's starting up, branding yourself with another branded organization um, only elevate your company that much quicker. And like I said, if you can get a contract in place now, you can really stack that and, and kind of go from there. So I would say start with that. Also, just start with understanding your area, your, you know, w- what your need is. Maybe you're in New York, so it's not New York City where it's not as much of a need. But if you're in a rural area, you you know, that shuttle service might be ideal. So I think, you know, really understanding the makeup of your land, also understanding what the need is. Because what is business? Right. Solving, solving a, need, a problem. You yeah, know, solving, solving a need. problem. And so if that's not a problem in your area, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you say uh, when you say like contracts, stacking contracts, like how, how, how do how does that work? Because a lot of people will say, like, I got a hundred thousand dollar contract for this or that. Like, what what is that? What does that really mean? Like when you say you have a, a dollar amount on a contract. So that ultimately means for the life of that service. um that's the end goal or the end amount that you're going to bring in from, from performing your, your job or your duties. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so if we say, you know, you got a hundred thousand dollar contract, that means that, 
That means that you uh, through the life of that contract, it might be a year that you know on a monthly or a weekly, however you got it worked out, it's going to add up to that amount. So is that typically how they'll do it? Though will it be like an annual type of contract, or a lot of times? Or? Most of them are going to be annual contracts. Yeah. Okay. Only okay. things that really aren't are like wedding services because that's like a spinoff once yeah. in a while. Um, uh, even employment agencies, a lot of times they'll sign up for at least a year contract service. Um, you might have to start them off as a as a you know a pilot program, a ninety day. But then once you got them, then it's usually about a year. Each and time. that'll be like you're taking like the employ the, the the workers to work. Correct. Okay, got you. All right. So what 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 we talked about measuring twice, cutting once. What are you measuring twice right now to cut once? My opportunities. Um, you know, with with anything. Um, with any time in life, once you reach certain, you know, goals, you look around and then there's going to be new opportunities that you never even seen coming. And so ultimately right now I'm, I'm just looking around at the opportunities that are coming to me. I'm having opportunities to buy other transportation companies. We're having opportunities to partner with, you know, like we said, airports in the cities and certain levels. So, um, as well as looking for bigger contracts, I'm even looking at some contracts that are in the Caribbeans to bring our services out there. So, mm. you know, there's, there's so many, uh, opportunities. And so right now it's really me sitting back and identifying what's the best opportunity for me right now. Like, I don't want to bombard myself and try everything with the new shiny objects. It's, it's really what supports our mission, what allows us to continue to grow vertically, and then let's attack that. Right. And, and, and you want to stay in the the transportation kind of space yes, yes. And of people, yes, right? Yes. To to an extent. Correct. Because like a lot of- Or logistics. Other, I still do logistics, logistics too, too. As yeah, well. Yeah. But I know, I know like you were speaking earlier, like a lot of those, like like you want to service a lot of people. You that's know what goal. I mean? Nah, that's the so, goal. So transportation deserts and stuff like that. Correct. All right. Dope, man. Dope. So I, I, I think, man, I think we kind of covered everything. Um, We got to definitely get your final thought. You definitely. know, that's customary on the show. That could be whether it's entrepreneurial, spiritual, whatever. And then we got to let people know where they can connect with you, man, and gotcha. learn more about Tech Valley. Matter of fact, what made you name it Tech Valley Shuttle? It was Tech Valley about. This area was becoming a tech area. Okay. So uh, one of the names is Capital Region, Capital District, but Tech Valley was one of the newer names that it was, uh, it was coming to be. Okay. And so I, I just liked, I thought it was something that still represents our area, Tech Valley. Um, but I also thought it was something that no matter what, we could take it on the road with us. Okay. Gotcha. Is that is that is that in the plans too? Maybe oh, definitely. franchising or oh, yes, doing this yes, somewhere else yes. in another area? We we're looking at a couple markets. We're looking in Charlotte, we're looking in Rhode Island, we're looking in Orlando, we're looking in Texas right now, um, as well as uh as well as uh Ohio. So okay. there's definitely some um expansion plans in the near future, um f- from in terms of bringing this into a new market. Um and so yeah because I mean like a lot of the hotels are kind of connected too right like yeah, like yeah, the Hiltons are yeah, all, they're everywhere own, own a bunch of hotels so Correct. I mean this is a matter of kind of connecting those dots right and that's it and I already know the services we provide I kind of know I know I, I got the blueprint yeah so I know I've been able to do it here I can easily do it in another area I'm actually actively looking to purchase some uh, struggling transportation companies in different markets to do just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so yeah, let's get, let's, let's, I'm just, you know, I just thought about that real quick. Um, all right, so let, let's get to that final thought, man. Let, you know, get the people, uh, uh, not that you haven't been all, all show, but, uh, you know, final word of wisdom or guidance, or just whatever comes to mind. And then let people know where they can connect with you, man, the best place on social media and so forth. Gotcha. Um, final thought, final thought. 
I would say, final thought, trucking and hustle. So I would say, um, I think transportation as a whole is a great industry um, for us to get into. Um, I think transportation for me is it's opened up so many new avenues and I think it could do that for so many others. Um, I think that for any new entrepreneurs out there, just know all things are possible. Like you hear in this interview, know that I was somebody who, who was a felon. I was told I wouldn't be nothing. Um, I was told I would just be going back and forth to prison my whole life. Um, and you know, statistically that's where I, that's where I should be. But, um, I understand the power in, in, that we all have inside of us. Um, I, I believe we were all born and given some special talents, and it's about really cultivating those talents, um, identifying needs, and being willing to work. And I think if you if you do those three things, man, sky is literally the limit. Everything is obtainable, um, and it's out here for us to get it. So let's let's turn up and let's get it. No doubt. I love that. And where can the people learn more, connect connect with you personally, and then also learn more about Tech Valley Shuttle uh, you could, and GB Logistics? You could definitely check us out. Check me out personally on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Trent Griffin Broff, um, B-R-A-A-F. And um, so you can check me out there. Uh, you can find us online uh, at Tech Valley Shuttle. That's our, our handles on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. And um you could Google it too. We out there. We out here. We out here. Google me, baby. Google me, baby. All right, man. If you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. Mm. You know, that's whole. Mm. Listen, Hustle Fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Me, Trent, Tech Valley Shuttle. We out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.